0: Well, thank you i got one standing ovation wow, that's amazing well great to be here with you tonight and do I need this I do okay I'll better keep it um, let's make sure my little clicker works hopefully it does So just in case you're wondering why are you here That's a good question that I want you to consider tonight and uh, <clears throat> it's all about uh, letting God get a hold of you because one thing I've noticed in life, is that there are some people who that just seem it looks like well why do they get all the breaks why are they you know making a success of their life why is God using them and you know a question I would ask is and why not me so what I want us to to uh, I want to challenge you on today <coughs> is why are you here why why has God put you here um, why have church why do we meet and, and do what we do as believers in Jesus Christ. And if I can stir something in you tonight, I don't want to talk for a long time, but I hope I can talk and the power of the Holy Spirit will meet you tonight um, to cause you uh, to to consider some things in the things of God that you grab a hold of what God wants in your life. Because sometimes we make a mistake. I'm gonna go about I'm gonna speak about a few mistakes that people make, but one of the mistakes that we make is that we think it's all about God some somehow got to get a hold of. Of me. But I think when we look at the story of Jesus and his disciples, is yeah, Jesus called them, but they had to get a hold of him. And I want to challenge you today to, to make the decision today, tonight, that you're going to get a hold of Jesus. So, um, <coughs> you know, one of the questions that I often have is why do we do church and how, how we do church? Why do we do all this? The reason that we do church and the reason we have a youth group is because it's God's idea. And when Jesus came to earth, he came to establish God's presence on earth through the church. So God's presence on earth is through you. You are the church. God wants to use you. So I know there's kids here in our our church who have grown up in our church and they're not here tonight. I think that's incredibly sad, but God has a mission for you to reach those kids because they're just as lost as someone who doesn't know God, who never grew up in a Christian home. And that is incredibly sad. uh, challenging for us to bridge that gap. And that's you know, not just up to your youth pastor. That's not up to your pastor. Because God could be calling you to talk to somebody else who desperately needs to be drawn back into God's presence. So <clears throat> um, ever since there's been a, a concerted effort, ever since Jesus, um, that the devil wants to destroy what God loves. That's his, that's his plan. The devil wants to destroy what God loves. Have you ever noticed uh, signs around the place, of, I've got it up there, you can do it for me, you're doing a good job there, police targeting different things, now usually it's speeding, I found these on the internet today, so police targeting donuts. Um, New South Wales police now targeting pineapple on pizza, um, uh, local police are now targeting Pokemon Go players, uh, um, but realistically you often see these signs, who's ever seen one, maybe you've never noticed if you don't drive? Uh, it'll say police now targeting speeding or police now targeting seatbelts or things like that. But I wonder if we got tipped off to what the devil targets, would you be prepared? Because I know those signs are up and people still get booked for speeding. I know those signs are up and people still get booked for for not wearing their seatbelts. And the sign says police in this area now targeting seatbelts and then you'll see someone pulled up for not wearing one. And so I think it's a tragedy as a church, as young people who come to church, don't waste your life going to church if you're not prepared to let God get a hold of you and for you to let get hold of God. It's it's way too important. And you don't need to have a large youth group. You don't need to to have the best youth pastor in the world. You don't have to come from a great church. You just have to light a fire in your spirit and let God do something with you. And everything can change. So, um, I've got, just got some ideas of, of what the devil's now targeting. Maybe the devil comes into, comes into your world and he, he starts targeting friendships. So friendships get strained all left, left, right, and center all around you. Maybe the devil comes in and sometimes he's targeting your confidence to say, well, your life doesn't matter. So it doesn't matter what happens. Don't, don't get too involved. Don't, don't get too organized in, in um, listening to God. So he tries to rob your confidence. Other times, it might be your family where the devil's targeting your family. So everything at home is is arguments. Everything at home is disjointed. And and your parents are fighting. You're fighting with your brothers and sisters. And there's there's a, a targeted attack upon you and your family because that's what the devil's targeting. But would we be smart enough to see and avoid the devil's trap? That's a good question to ask, that we need to ask ourselves. One thing for sure, the devil goes after what God loves. I mentioned that already. But the devil goes after what God loves and uh, what God wants is to, God wants to build and the devil wants to destroy. So I can can tell you one thing. God wants to build a a youth ministry in this church and the devil doesn't want that. That's why it's been such a challenge this year because it's been challenged every step of the way. But I'm so glad that God has got you here tonight, to hear this message so that you can say, well, I want to build what God builds. And I want to avoid the target that the devil's targeting on me. And we can avoid that quite easily. But what God wants to build in you, the devil wants to destroy. You need to, you need to have clear definition in your life between God's call and purpose and the devil's call and purpose. And what the devil wants to do is he wants to dress up his purpose and his reason for your life and say, this is as good as God. You'll be just as happy. Don't tithe to youth group. Don't give to God. Don't don't be there on Sunday nights. It doesn't matter because He's lying to you, saying that his plan is just as good as God's, and it's not. It's a lie. I'm getting passionate tonight, but but I I've spent 25 years of my life as a youth pastor. And and I believe in young people. And I, I just think it's it's so important that we get a, a grasp and get a grip as young people as to the, the reason God put us here and do all that we can to reach that. See, every day the devil targets people who worship God, and you need to know that. He targets the people who worship Him. So I've seen all sorts of people come through church. Some people, it's it's like a passing fashion to them, and they don't last. It's like, well, I did this church thing, came along, uh, um, because my friends were there, or or whatever reason, who knows, maybe they grew up in the church, and they thought, well, I just went because I had to, all those kind of things. But I've seen many people come through church, passing through. It's just like they've gone through the fashion stage of that in their life, and then suddenly it's not a fashion anymore, and they say, well, I I just dropped away. And uh, one day they're fully involved, the next day you can't find them. And somehow along life's path, God gets distracted away from their attention. And I want to tell you something, you have to decide tonight, not saying, oh, go away and think about it. You need to do this tonight, that you're going to say, God, I'm not going to allow the distractions of the devil, the things that he targets in my life, to take me away from the call and the purpose of Jesus Christ in my life. Because that is the most important thing that you can ever do. And I don't care whether you become a scientist. I don't care whether you become a neurosurgeon. It doesn't matter whether you become an incredibly uh, successful business person. If you somehow get distracted away from the, the, the life purpose in Jesus Christ, then you have nothing. So uh, Jesus describes this so well in Matthew uh, 13, verses 3 to 8. But I'm only going to give you one verse. verse chapter 13, verse 7. I think I've got it up there. It says, other seeds fell among thorns that grew and choked out the tender plants. The seeds here is talking about God's seed in your life. And and Jesus talks about the kingdom of God as like a farmer planting seeds. And it says he, he sowed seeds, some went on a hard path, some went. Uh, some, some fell on, on, on soil and it sprung up quickly and other, other seeds grew up around it and choked it out. That's what this bit's about. Other seeds fell among the thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. So the story behind the, behind the story is beware of those who choke out God in your life. Beware that you, that you aren't the person that chokes out God in someone else's life. And it's so important to have young people around you that I'm going to show you a few things that you need to do, but I'll, these are a few freebies I'm going to throw in. You need to discover having friends who will pray with you. Because you can have a lot of idiot friends who who are in church, but they're not helping you grow. And when you're together, you're thinking you're swearing. When you're together, you're talking about all sorts of rubbish. When you're together, you're not giving God a place. But you need to find somebody, people around you, and you choose to be the person that says, I am going to be iron sharpening iron, and we're going to do some great things for the kingdom of God, starting right here in this church, in this youth group. (coughs) So God had to teach me to avoid people who uh, appealed to my base instinct of negativity. Because my, my base instinct is negativity. It's like my, my, my inner magnet. If there's negativity, I'll find it. And God had to take me through a journey in my younger years of separating me from that instinct. And so I'll, I'll share how, how, that, how God started that in me. Um, uh, I had to find people who would lift my faith. Have I gone too long yet? I'll go for a few more minutes. Because I called it the McDonald's trap. And in the church where I was at the time, and and there's certain seasons in your life where God starts to get a hold of you. And God starts to put people around you to develop you and challenge you. And uh, at the same time, there'll be people who want to take you down. And they're with you in church. That's why it says in in Matthew 13, verse 7, it says, seeds fell among the thorns. And in one version, it says, the the disciples said, well, let's go and pull out all the weeds. And God says, no, no, you've got to leave them grow together. And so in every church, in every youth group, there's going to be pure seed who who is following the call and purpose of God. And they're going to have some around you who are going to go, I'm going to choke that out of you. So they're going to say stupid things. They're going to believe things that aren't godly. They're going to start saying, hey, come out and drink with us. You know, I used to have a Bible study at my house in that park and kids used to smoke bongs out the front. I tell you, I wanted to kill them. But you know, they're coming, they're coming for, the, for the ministry. They're coming to study the Bible and then out the front of my house, they're smoking bongs. And then when, then when we challenge them, they vandalize my house. It's, it's like, come on, guys. So I've, I've, I've seen stuff, but you know what? At the same time, I've seen some uh, amazing leaders rise up in among all that because they choose, they chose not to get choked out from the things of God because of people who wanted to live like a weed. Turn to someone and say, don't be a weed. <clears throat> so the McDonald's lessons, I we, we had this thing in this, this, this church I was in at that time, I, I went a long way around to, to get to this story. But uh, on Sunday nights after church, we always used to have church every single Sunday night. And uh, Sunday nights, most people would, would uh, go to Doncaster McDonald's. And in those days, Doncaster McDonald's had a tram, a Melbourne tram in the shop in, in McDonald's. So they, they had the counter. And then where, where you went to like, the dining area was a tram. It was actually cut in half and there was two pieces of it. And so you could sit in a, in a Melbourne tram and eat your McDonald's. It was really amazing. And we used to get kicked out of there a lot as well, by the way. <clears throat> but what used to happen, there was an unofficial church service debrief on Sunday nights from a lot of the people who went there. And I must admit, some people went there just for, 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 for the friendship, for the hanging out with other people and to have a, have a, a quarter pounder meal and, and all that. That was okay. But there was always a core of people who were like the weeds in among the wheat, in among the seeds, and they'd start to criticize the pastor. They'd start to criticize what other people were wearing. They'd start to criticize you know, the music and, and the song leader and, and all these issues that they, would, that they would focus upon that weren't relevant to helping each other grow. And so at certain ones would be sprouting negativity about the preacher, the stage presentation, the clothes someone else was wearing. Everything was negative. And it choked out my potential and my faith. And after after a period of time, I used to think, well, I don't want to miss out on going there because I I, I don't want to miss out on the talk because I knew what used to happen is whoever wasn't there is the ones who they're talking about. So you have this pressure to think, well, I better be there because if I'm not there, they're going to talk about me tonight. And they do anyway. But I had to come to a realization that I need to, if I want to grow to be the pure seed that God wants me to be, then the hard decision is I have to learn to separate myself from that environment. That's a decision I have to make for myself. And this caused my attention to be drawn to all the wrong... Being there caused my attention to be drawn to all the wrong things. And eventually I realized I couldn't be in that environment if I wanted to grow in God. And so I stopped going out with those people. I used to think, well, Sunday nights, maybe occasionally I would go, but I would be careful of my conversation. I'd be careful of what I was listening to. And then when that started down that track, I I wouldn't make a big deal. I wouldn't say, hey, don't do that. I would just go, you know, quietly stand up and just say, well, I'm going to go and talk to these guys over here and make a statement that I'm not going to be involved in those conversations. And it's, it's a hard thing to do. But I'll tell you something, if you want to grow in the things of God, That's where it starts, and that's what it's going to look like. And God will take each one of us through those things. But I'll tell you something, being in a a youth group doesn't mean that you're going to be in a place full of good seeds. You're you're going to have people who are going to say things, but you know what? They need you to bring out their best too. We're not saying that we're going to punish people or, or, or say, hey, you're a weed today. We're just going to say, you know, sometimes that's just a weed talking. And I'm not going to let that weed thinking get on me. Is this making sense today? <clears throat> but I want to tell you something. The, the devil is, is targeting something right now in, in, in among us as, as you guys, as young people. And the devil is targeting worship. It's a big mistake I've seen. So here's another mistake. It's a big mistake I've seen people, uh, what they do with their life is they withhold from God. They withhold from God in many ways their gifts, uh, their talents, what they've got inside of them. Sometimes it's their money. Um, And yet, they expect God to pour blessing and goodness to them every day, and that's a huge mistake to treat God that way. I want to tell you something. You've got to to start now realizing if you've only got a little bit of money, then start to be generous with God. If you've you've got Sunday nights at home and you were just going to stay home and watch TV, then you need to come to church. It's, it's, It's saying, God, I'm going to give you what I have. God never wants what you don't have. He'll always ask for what you have, so that he can be a blessing in your life. So, some so many people withhold from God, make the big mistake, and then ex- expect God to be this place of blessing when they need it. Doesn't work like that. God's purpose for people isn't to fulfill their wildest fantasy. I've got that as a thing here. God's purpose for people isn't to fulfill their wildest fantasy. It's to deal with their sin and brokenness. And, rene- and reconnect them to himself. So you might think, well, God wants to bless me. Why isn't he blessing me? Why didn't I pass my exam? Well, maybe you didn't study. <clears throat> Sometimes you might be thinking, well, well uh, how come uh, I'm struggling financially? Well, maybe you need to say, well, God, help me to find a, a job. We need to deal with these things in our life. <clears throat> so the devil's targeting worship. And when you understand that he's targeting these things in our lives, it will enable you to live thanking God. So worship is all about thanking God. So you think, why do we sing songs in church? It's because it's a way that we thank God in, in, a, in a group sense. It's no accident that having a thankful heart will protect you from a wandering heart. So if you want if you want to keep your heart close to God, come to church and worship it connects you back to the heart of God by saying thank you, God, for what you've done. And I want you to know the secret to to living and serving God for the long haul. Don't be like those who who get sidetracked, get distracted by every other voice. Stay thankful to God. All of us need to have our sins forgiven and that we're made right with God because Jesus took the penalty and let us off the hook. He let you off the hook. See, that's something to be thankful for. Some people say, what's God ever done for me? I never got a, I never got a new car. I, I never had you know, all, these, all these great friends to encourage me. God must have let me down. No, God never lets you down when he's dealt with your sin and reconnected you to the Father. That's what he promised to do. That's the most important thing. And when we start to live thankful because of that, then everything else in our life starts to make sense, and the problem is we think we want we want to have a Father Christmas experience of God, where we say, "Well, I've been good now, now you got to give me stuff." It's not how God works. <clears throat> so I want to end tonight with, with speaking prophecy over your lives and speaking things that God speaks over you, speaking over this youth group, and I want to tell you something that that. Uh, God wants to see a thriving, powerful youth group here in One Heart Church, <clears throat> and and we, we might be thinking, "What's that going to look like? Hundreds of kids? Yeah, probably." But you know what? He's going to start by sending a fire in you. He's going to start by by you speaking words as a seed person, not a weed person. So I'm going to prophesy. Psalm 68 verse 11 is a prophecy for this youth group, and it says, "The Lord gives." There it is. The Lord gives the word. And a great army brings the good news. What's that supposed to mean? Well, I prophesied that the Lord is going to give you a word for your life. I know God has given me many words for my life. One of those came by by a a, a youth pastor in my life. His name was Des. And he sat me down one day and he said, Rob, um, you've got to get your focus on God. And he said to me, Um, he gave me a word from the Bible it was Isaiah 43 verse 18 and 19 he said forget the former things because I'd made big mistakes I'd I'd done things that I regretted I'd gone and um, wasted a lot of time and a lot of effort and he said you know you've got to forget all those things because God is wanting to do something new in your life and I've I've hung on to that verse from then on and uh, whenever I struggle I'll always think you know what Isaiah 43 verse 18 and 19 forget the past that was yesterday. I'm gonna strive for what God's doing in my life. And God wants to place something in your life. He might use Pastor Josh to do that. He might get Carmel or, or Amy or, or Carlos or someone like that. You've got to, you've got to be people who are saying, Well, God, <coughs> I want to change other people's lives for the call of God. And so when you come to church and you start talking to each other and you're listening, well, there's oftentimes we talk about issues. Sometimes we might talk about our struggles and what we need is someone who can say, you know what, God's given me a word for you. And Pete, you could do this for someone and change their whole world. You need to be the person who says, well, I can speak into that situation and encourage people back by speaking a seed word into their situation. Because one youth is going to be an army of young people who will not only change their own lives, but change the lives of the world around around you as well, starting in Port Lincoln and who knows where next. Because I want to I want to challenge you today that God will start stirring within you churches to plant. God will start stirring within you ministries to do. I'm not talking just about here, but maybe you know, you, you'll grow up in this church and stay here for a long time, but I, I want to see people from this church launched to the world to say, Pastor Rob, yeah, I'm now 25 years old and, and I've, I've served this church and I've seen this that, and th- that happen, but God's really stirring me and I think I need to plant a church. And then we, we say, yeah, where, where do you think that is? And, and yeah, we will help you to do that. <clears throat> or maybe it's to, 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 to go on the mission field or, or who knows what it can be. Maybe be a worship leader or something else. I don't know. Start youth groups in, in places all around the Air Peninsula. But you know what? The devil wants to attack what God loves and God loves you and and the devil wants to attack attack and target your potential. And you need to start saying, God, I'm not going to waste my potential on Sunday nights. I'm going to have a thankful heart. I'm going to give you some keys now about um, how we can uh, um, uh, protect ourselves from the devil's targets, what he's targeting. Recognize, first thing is recognize the devil is targeting young people. And, I, and you know what? The devil doesn't want to have a youth pastor in the church. The devil doesn't want any youth leaders in the church. And so uh, you've got to pray for your youth pastor. You've got to pray for your youth leaders. Who are the youth leaders? Put your hands up. <clears throat> you need to pray for them, and you, need to, you, you youth leaders need to get together on a weekly basis and pray for each other. Because I, I can tell you, I've been in ministry. I, I, as I said earlier, I I'd spent about 25 years as a youth leader and a youth pastor and I'll tell you something, it's the most challenging, the most demanding, the most um, uh, difficult area of ministry was dealing with youth because the devil hates young people because God loves them so much. And, you know, the, the attack upon youth leaders' minds. Is this making any difference? What's the point? Uh, well, should, I should be doing other stuff on Sunday night. Um, all the other people are having so much fun and here I am just serving these young people. You know something, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to realize that the devil will target that in your life because he doesn't want us to have any youth leaders. <clears throat> and young people, you need to appreciate your youth leaders. You need to text them now and then. You need to you know, bring them up and just say, hey, thanks for, for doing that game on Sunday night. Thanks for being there. Thanks for helping um, make our youth what it is. And you need to again. It's it's a thing that the devil hates. He doesn't want anyone to be encouraged. And you know, um, Nikita, you could be a, a huge difference to someone, to some youth leader right now by just saying, oh, "I appreciate what you do for us." And sometimes we think, "Oh, it doesn't matter. Oh, I'm not going to do that. Oh, no one's going to listen to me." We need to do those. So the best thing that you can do about about uh, um, Targeting and avoiding the devil's plan is be a praying youth group. Learn to pray together. Pray alone and pray together, and when the opportunity comes, you you cry out to God. You know, and, and you know maybe this might sound funny, but but maybe if that's not where you think your future lies, then then find something else to do with your life. But don't blame us in eternity saying that we didn't tell you, that we didn't give you the opportunity to to pursue the purpose of God. See, the best thing you can do about it is to pray for each other. Another great thing you need to do is learn to the, the power of worship and giving thanks to God because it releases something of the seed within you. So the whole thing tonight is you've gotta, you've got to let the seed that God planted grow. It's either going to get choked out by being surrounded by the wrong people and the wrong thoughts, or it's going to grow because you're planting yourself somewhere healthy. And I want One Heart Church to be somewhere healthy. I know the best years ahead of us are right ahead of us right now. And I know because the devil is targeting our church, the devil is targeting our worship, the devil is targeting this youth group this year, but I'm prophesying 2018 is going to be a year of transformation and a year of breakthrough among our young people, and God is going to be stirring that now in the next a couple of months before the end of the year, that is, God is wanting to challenge you today to say, will you be a believing young person who says, I'm going to believe for the most dynamic and amazing and powerful transformation in this church, starting from us young people. So another thing you need to do is, you need to be down the front in church on a Sunday morning, being a cheerleader for Jesus. <clears throat> I want to see young people on the front row where, where, where a lot of the other people who normally sit at the front thinking, well, we can't get a seat anymore. I'm thinking, awesome, you got my permission. Take up the front row. Put some of that energy that God wants to release in you into our church. The other thing you need to do, so there's a few good things. You need to pray, you need to worship, get in the front row whenever you can. Be committed to Sunday nights at youth or when, and, and, and the gatherings. Don't think, oh, the gathering, oh, why should I be there? Because that's time to get the seed to grow. Don't miss those opportunities. The thing not to do is, is, is some of the things you, you well, something else you, you need to do is distance yourself from the weeds that want to choke out God. And and they, they'll come Sunday nights. Hey, guess what? I'm having a party Sunday night. Oh. You say, I'll be there. I'm just going to go to youth first. <clears throat> that's all. You don't have to say, oh, well, I can't. I can't. Oh, I'll party. You know something? You, you, that's that's the, dis- the difference between... The, the weeds choking you and God releasing you. And you've got to choose to let God release you into his purpose and call. Acts chapter 5 verse 14. And this is what I want to see in our church. It's what I want to see in every department. It's what I, what I want to see in your life and in this youth group. It says, Yet more and more people believe and report to the Lord crowds of both men and women. Acts 5 verse 14. More and more people, yet more and more people, believed and were brought to the Lord. You know, I started by saying, why are we here? Why do we do what we do? That's it there. Acts chapter 5, verse 14. We can never lose sight of our purpose that we've got to see more and more people believe and were brought to the Lord. That's why we're here. That's why we exist. So I'm going to pray. Maybe we could have some music if our uh, musicians like to come back. And you know something, I, I, I've, I've um, uh, seen, uh, like I was in, in one church, and so I want to encourage you today. I was in one church where it was 1988. Who was not even born then? Who, who thinks that living history doesn't even go back that far? It was 1988, and at the start of this year, there was five or six of us in this, We were youth leaders, myself and a few others. There was a, there was a girl called uh, Monica Lam. She was Chinese. She was from Hong Kong. She was about this whole height which is awesome, powerful young woman I got. Um, there was uh, Lyndon Kranz, who was a friend of mine. He was another youth leader. Um, there was a guy called John Pritchard as well. Um, uh, there, was, there, was, uh, there was five of us. I can't remember who the other person was. And uh, we, we, we were just giving ourselves into this youth group. Saturday nights was our youth night. We would always be there. And we had like 55 youth every Saturday night. It was, it was ama- quite amazing, really. And we've seen people come to know Jesus all the time and amazing things happening. And uh, we didn't even have a church building. We, we were just hiring, you know, places here, there, and everywhere. <clears throat> and this um, th- this particular year, um, I remember the senior pastor came and spoke to us as youth leaders and said, guys, you're doing a good job just holding things together, but you're not really hitting the mark. And, and we're thinking, well, we're just doing our best. We, 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 we're we doing what we think we should to make this youth group great, but then we've got... Fifty five regular people there every single every single Saturday night. And uh, he said, Look, I really think it's time that we get a youth pastor. And we're like, that would be awesome, that'd be amazing. And so um nineteen eighty nine got a youth pastor come. Straight from Bible college to be our youth pastor, to be our leader. And <coughs> what I what I noticed straight away is all the other youth leaders left. Monica went back to Hong Kong. Um, other youth leaders said well they don't need me anymore they got a youth pastor so, so they left and, and the whole youth group just disintegrated so uh, our first service in, in 1989 we had everyone was there still and then as the year progressed you know, individual leaders left and quit and went their own way and uh, uh, then people sort of you know, lost their connections I remember the last service in 1989 started out with 55 odd people six and the youth pastor was crying I was the only leader left besides him and he says I don't know what to do yes we've gone from 50 we've lost 50 now we've got about six left we've lost 49 people he goes, I don't know what to do and so he resigned at the end of that year but what I know is the devil doesn't want to see a strong youth what I wish I could say about that story is that <clears throat> that those 55 turned to 110 and then that went to 150 and then that went to 200. But you know something, it's, it, it got squandered out for all different reasons. The weeds started to choke out different things. Weeds started to speak to the other leaders and say, you know, you don't, they, they don't need you here anymore. They've got a youth class now. No. We still needed the leaders to, to support and to sow and to put into other people's lives. So be careful of how the devil lies to you. The devil's now targeting our worship. We need to decide that we will be a worshipping young person. Maybe you're feeling choked out by the weeds and distractions. Maybe you're thinking but but if you only know my parents and how they argue at home or if you only know what i got to live with. You know something? You only have to answer to God for your decision. And you've got to say, God, I want to work out this life that you've given me. And I want to, I want to enter heaven hearing God say, Well done. Jesus, Jesus. Come,
1: enter my glory.
0: I want to pray for you. Too. There is a powerful anointing that comes when we say, God, I want, I want to be for I want to let. I want to let someone lay hands on me is an impartation of the Holy Spirit. There's a transformation of what's in that other person into you. <clears throat> in the good sense. Just as we can have the weeds choking us, we can we can allow others to lift us. And you know I'm not sure how God's speaking to people here tonight, what he's speaking into your spirit right now, but. You know, you might think, well, there's only a a few of us here today. That's more of the Holy Spirit on you. That's more of God that can be poured into you tonight. I'm so excited that you're here in the middle of school holidays. I'm so excited that you're here thinking, well, you know, um, we could be discouraged right now. We could be thinking, well, where's everyone else today? Uh, Why aren't I out there with them? You know something? God's got you here because He wanted you to hear this message. Because He wants you to get something on you that's going to transform you change you because i know the answer for this church isn't in the past the answer for this church isn't in 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 what used to happen the answer for this church is what god's wanting to do in your lives is what god's wanting to do through you and and we're not going to go i I believe in the future we're not going to go looking for youth pastors from somewhere else they're going to come from you guys we're not going to go looking for the next pastor in this church from somewhere else i want that to be raised up from within We're not going to go looking for our worship leaders and our worship directors and and, and our leaders from other places. We're going to raise them up from within. And I want you to say, hey, God, raise me to everything that I possibly can be. So we're going to just uh, uh, listen to some music right now. And I would love to pray with you personally, uh, prophesy over you, speak God's word into you, uh, pray against those seeds and the weeds that that are trying to choke out the purpose and call of God and believe with you that you have a purpose, you have a place where you belong, and that you have a reason to be here. And I want God to put something into your life tonight that that is a burden for people. So that when you come to church on Sunday, you're looking for people and you're saying, you've got to come to youth tonight. Why don't you come? Why don't we spend the afternoon together, but we're going to go to church tonight, because that's where you need to be, because God's going to speak to you there. Is that good? Okay. Why don't we just have that music now and um, uh, maybe you can stay right where you are if you want if you want to step forward if you're bold enough and say yes pray for me the weeds have been getting on top of me the weeds are choking me I need to put a stop to this right now then then I'll pray with you and perhaps you you know if you're thinking well I just need I just need some prayer tonight I want a, I want a word from God then right where you are just you can put your hand up and say please come and pray for me and I'll come to you if you think you need to respond by coming Coming to the altar saying, God, I want you to change me. God, I'm making that decision that I'm going to chase after you. Well, whichever way, but I'd love to pray. I don't want to miss this opportunity for your life to be transformed and changed today. Don't think about maybe what others have done before you. Think, God, what do you require of me? I don't want to miss that opportunity.